A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we get a great malicious compliance against an awful coworker. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, you're not sharpening those drill bits correctly, Sergeant. I feel like World War II's chock full of military stories is one of those bottomless veins of gold where you discover more the more you dig. This story comes from my grandfather, from whom I inherit my love of pranks, most of my sense of humor, and probably my deep appreciation for schadenfreude. Like many of his stories, I heard this one as a kid many times, usually in front of a fire with snow falling outside and always accompanied by an eye roll and a tart comment or two from my long-suffering grandmother. Gramps was a master machinist going into the war, and he had quite a bit more experience than most people with engines and engineering. He was one of those guys that would look at just about anything mechanical with both reverence and a critical eye for making it better, and his knack for success inspired the Army Air Corps to snatch him up and plop him back down in the Midwest as a crew chief. My understanding, and I don't have any military experience here, but this is what I've been told, is that the senior non-commissioned officer in charge of the maintenance, repair, upkeep, and general functioning of a squadron is the guy that actually owned those planes. From what Gramps always said, his attitude was that he loaned the pilots his planes, and they were expected to bring them back in roughly the same condition as they were in when they went up. When they were on the ground, The aircraft and everything used to maintain them was part of his kingdom. One fine day, a very new, fresh out-of-the-box lieutenant, still with that new officer's smell, introduced himself to Gramps and the other guys in the unit, as they were sitting in back of one of the maintenance bays, sharpening up a big double set of drill bits that had been getting more use than usual, and by introduced, I mean came in shouting about how they were doing it all wrong. He knew all about what they were doing, of course, and so just knew that the drill bit sharpening they were doing was actually going to ruin the bits and waste war resources, and did they want the crowds to win? He showed them all the right way to do it and wasn't going to take any lip. My grandfather was not the sort of guy that was able to keep his mouth shut, which is probably another reason they put him in charge of mechanical things that tended not to get uppity with him. I also inherited this congenital condition, but that's a separate tragedy entirely. He protested that the lieutenant's direction actually was incorrect, and got about two-thirds of the way into what he was about to say before the officer decided that he'd had enough back talk and gave him weekend night shift guard duty. Gramps eyeballed him a bit and would always say at this point in the story that he felt compelled to obey the lieutenant because he was just so shiny. So he smiled and said, Yes, sir, shut his mouth, and that was that. This was well before the army had put tons of resources into things that weren't war critical. The air base Gramps was stationed at was essentially a dirt-slash-grass airfield with hangars plopped down and utterly without any pretense at pavement anywhere at sight. Consequently, the main traffic artery right behind the hangars and which one had to go down when entering or leaving the base at all was parallel to the airstrip and was the sort of thick, gooey, sticky, oobleck mud that one gets stuck in Nebraska when it's been raining down a lot and people have been driving army jeeps over the same patch of ground repeatedly. 
About halfway down, in the middle where the traffic had been the heaviest, there was what Gramps described as a puddle, in which he later clarified was nearly 300 feet long, 30 feet wide, totally unavoidable, and which would swallow up the unwary interloper who didn't keep going. Go too fast or too slow and you're screwed one way or the other. Go through slowly and don't stop and you'd probably be okay. Gramps positioned himself on Saturday night with his rifle and grimly determined to protect this Nebraska airbase in the middle of freaking nowhere from the Huns, waited about two-thirds of the way down this charybdis-like vortex and waited. Lieutenant Shiny, along with a lot of other guys on the base, really liked taking his weekend pass in town. Because there were girls there, which any self-respecting soldier knew was an opportunity one did not lightly pass up, and which was the reason that Gramps had been assigned weekend sentry duty as just an extra little screw you. Pretty soon, Lieutenant Shiny came trundling back to base, and not in an army jeep. Oh no. His family evidently had money, or pull or something, because he had an actual nice car to get around in. With those big swoopy fenders and floorboards just outside the doors on both sides, he was playing it safe, Graham said, by not driving it down the middle of the road, masquerading as a muddy pond, as he was going along the side where it wasn't quite as deep and he was less likely to get stuck. But that also meant that the driver's side of the car was almost overhanging the deepest part of the mud. You can probably see where this is going. The duty of a sentry, of course, is to stop anyone they don't recognize from being on the base or near anything vital. And while Gramps knew perfectly well that Lieutenant Shiny was where he was supposed to be, he also knew that there was no way in heck during wartime he was going to get questioned about it. So he advanced. Just as Lieutenant Shiny got abreast of a particularly bad spot and hollered, HALT! in his best drill instructor voice. He'd got the message across, and the car stopped immediately. Danger, Will Robinson. Window rolls down, top of Lieutenant Shiny's head pokes out, and he yells back, Lieutenant Shiny, sentry, returning from off-base pass. Gramps yelled back from about 30 feet away, Advance and be recognized. Meaning, of course, I can't see you clearly where you are, come to where I can see you, or else. Frustrated, Lieutenant Shiny opened the door, dangerously close to the surface of the awaiting mud, and leaned out so the light caught him. He was in uniform, of course, all duded up as Gramps said, and wearing decidedly non-regulation boots with his uniform that came up to his knees, and were polished to the sort of shiny finish that NASA uses on telescope mirrors today. He yelled back again who he was, and was obviously frustrated and hoping that he hadn't just gotten stuck, but also he hadn't gotten any closer as he'd been commanded to by the very armed sentry that had just challenged him, and on some level, he knew it. Next steps, racking around into the chamber as a warning and a repeated command, advance and be recognized. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Desperate, but knowing there was no way out of this other than forward, Lieutenant Shiny stood on the floorboards of the car, now just level with the surface, and started to inch closer to it slowly and declared himself again, and was greeted with a loaded weapon pointed at him and a repeated command to advance and be recognized. I asked Gramps once what would have happened if he actually shot Lieutenant Shiny, and he's always said he was pretty sure he'd have been court-martialed at the least, but gosh darn it if he wasn't determined to make a point about this. And so Lieutenant Shiny finally stepped off the sideboards of his car, sank immediately to his knees with muddy goose slopping over the top of his boots, and sadly advanced. Gramps let him go two steps forward before shouldering his weapon again and snapping him the smartest of salutes. Sir, thank you, you may proceed. Lieutenant Shiny sadly got back into his car and valiantly tried to get it moving again to no avail. Mud was everywhere, inside and out, mud flying everywhere as his wheels spun, and eventually he gave up and trudged off to his barracks. By morning, they ended up having to use two jeeps and a come-along to yank that car out of the mud. Graham said that he got talked to briefly by someone above Lieutenant Shiny and basically told, don't do that again. But he said nothing much further came of it. Oddly enough, the subject of sharpening drill bits never came up again, and Lieutenant Shiny was always very careful about staying out of the maintenance bay unless he was going to be taking an aircraft up. You gotta love that the Gramps in the end got a slap on the wrist because you literally cannot argue that he did protocol at all in the wrong here. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? The day pay per call backfired. This was three years ago. I no longer work for the company for stupid reasons I'll get into later as it deals with the premise as well. I worked for a phone insurance company as a customer representative working from home. Job wasn't hard, paid training and 3k sign up bonus for work from home employees. 
The job stated that it was 16 hours, and then we all got bumped to 17 once training started. In the middle of training, our supervisors told us that they were implementing a new pay policy that involved tying into more of a sales role. We now had the choice to be pay per call or hourly. Since they highlighted the choice, it made it seem like we'd had the option to stay hourly. Nope, had to try the new pay for 6 months before you were allowed to submit a request to go back to hourly. The pays align like this, $1 per call, $20 is added if a sale is made on the call, $2 if the customer was happy with the service. This was to drive sales and put it in your head that without sales, you are not eating. Malicious Compliance In the beginning of the new year 2021, our system got hacked and we were down for a day. Usually I got 30 to 50 calls per day with 3 to 4 sales. When the system went down, we were given an outage script and told to hang up immediately after. I'm a very fast talker when needed and immediately saw the chance to make my biggest paycheck. In the span of a three-day outage, I had taken over 900 calls, and my next check was the last installment of the bonus. I told my supervisor that we'll get paid the $3 per call still, and they said yes. Ended up getting a check of over 3000 just for the calls from those three days, plus 1000 for being the last installment of the bonus, plus my sales for the two weeks. Later got fired because the laptop they issued got reset and I couldn't log in anymore. I called in and they told me to submit a ticket. Couldn't submit a ticket because I didn't have access to the system. Honestly, this sounds like a great Moneyball min-max scenario where you get like the statistics. You try to get the person off the phone fast enough, if you get enough people calling in, that outweighs any of the sales you'd make. Our next story is, wanna switch sections? Okay. A couple of years ago, I was waiting tables at this restaurant in Jersey. This story took place during our slow season and it was pretty competitive between all the servers. Every server wanted the better section and the bigger tables since our overall tips were lower than usual. We didn't pool tips. It got pretty cutthroat at times. I was doing okay financially so I wasn't as money hungry as everyone else. I personally get time anxiety so I hate being late to things. So if my shift starts at 5, I'm walking into work at 4.45 to get settled, then clocking in at 5 to get to work. My coworker Kayla, however, had a different attitude. She would walk into work at 5 o'clock on the dot and clock in and then head right to the bathroom to put on her makeup, which took her about 15 minutes. On most days, it was slow enough that it wasn't an issue, but it still wasn't right. Call me old-fashioned, but when your shift starts at 5, you should start working at 5 and not apply makeup while on the clock while you have other duties to take care of. I've never had to deal with putting on makeup, but it just seemed to me that she should have taken more time while getting ready to come to work to put it on. I've always let it slide because I'm non-confrontational, but it bothered other co-workers. However, management never got around to addressing it. One day, I walked in at my usual time, and as I clocked in at 5, I saw Kayla clock in as well and scurry off to the bathroom. I roll my eyes and walk over to the host station where there's two people waiting. The host asked Kayla if she was here yet because she was up for her first table in the rotation. I told her she was getting ready in the bathroom. The host rolled her eyes and went to tell her she was going to get sat. We all knew she was putting on her makeup. We weren't going to hassle her if she was on the toilet. I didn't hear the exact back and forth they had, but it took longer than I expected. The last thing I heard Kayla say was, just switch my section and I'll take the next one, I don't care. So the host sauntered back to me with a grin saying, 
You're up for this table. Want to help me set it up? I'm confused. Set it up? It's only two people. They say, oh no, it's a party of 14. This is Mr. Moneybag's niece and nephew. The rest of the family's on their way. For context, Mr. Moneybag's? Not his real name, obviously, but would have been awesome if it was. Was a very wealthy and well-known man in our area. He made his fortune in landscaping and then moved on to real estate. And believe it or not, he was one of the few affluent people in our area that wasn't an entitled jerk. Me and the host set up the table in record time just as the rest of the party arrived. Everyone began to sat down as I greeted everyone, and just as luck would have it, I gave Mr. Moneybags a handshake as I locked eyes with a dolled up Kayla as she entered the dining room and she realized that she had did this to herself. The next two hours, I waited on my 14 top table as Kayla waited on two tops. She actually had a table not tip at all, which is awful and I don't condone, but in this particular situation, oh well. And of course, she kicked herself again when she looked over at my table's check and saw the fat tip I was getting off my big table. Oh well, get ready for work before work, not at work. I'm just impressed where you're working a job that almost solely relies on getting tips from people and you're trying to like take the first 10-15 minutes to just prepare. It just seems like the kind of job where if you're there you kind of want to be working, otherwise you're throwing away a lot of potential earnings because you're probably making 2 to $5 an hour. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.